0: Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors, LLC, GA, and or their investment advisor representatives.
1: I'm Tammy Simpson, a certified financial planner, chartered retirement planning counselor, and accredited domestic partner advisor. And this is Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. This podcast came about after considering why it would be worth your time for me to add more material into the vast universe of already available financial planning information. Books, newsletters, news shows, blogs, celebrity planning financial gurus, and of course, the internet, where Google is everyone's go-to financial planner. And then I remembered that throughout my life, one of the most valuable things I've ever sought was not information. It was an educated, wise, experienced opinion, and thus was born a reason to throw my two cents into the mix. I've been doing financial planning for over a decade, met with thousands of people, and designed hundreds of personalized financial plans. Don't expect this podcast to be heavy on data, I know data, I love data, I study data, I keep up on data, but this podcast is my educated opinion. In other words, welcome to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. Okay, I'm Tammy Simpson and this is my two cents and with me today is Tony Shore. Tony, how are you today?
0: I am great. Yeah. I mean, I, if it doesn't matter really, Tammy, how my week's gone. I'm always in a good mood when you and I get together to do the the show, to, oh, to record the podcast.
1: You're such a kiss up.
0: <laughs> I know, but we do have fun and I always manage to somehow learn something.
1: Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. so do I usually, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have fun and I know our listeners, uh, you love hearing from them and they learn things as well and have a lot of questions, so... Uh, before we get started, I just want to remind our listeners that if they have any questions about what we're talking about or would like to have us uh, touch on a different subject in a future podcast, that they can call you. Uh, how do they get a hold of you, Tammy?
1: Absolutely. So they can call us at 714-617-4394. Of course, they can go to our website, which is wealthfinancialgroupwest.com, dot com. Um, Anyway, there's all kinds of ways, right, in today's world yeah. to get a hold of folks, but those are those <laughs> yeah. are two of the easiest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing great and thank you for having me on your show today, Tammy. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing wonderful. It's uh it's coming to the close it feels like of summer a little bit here in Southern Cal. Of course, it's going to go a little longer, but school starts in a week or two and you can kind of feel that in the air. Yeah. I, I always like that cuz it kind of feels like people are getting down to business again. And um and so they start to think about things that they want to get done before the year ends, and I hope financial planning is on that list.
0: Oh yeah, well it definitely needs to be, and a lot of people uh, put it off or you know just d- don't want to think about it. But it's so important. Uh, what are we talking about? Speaking of financial planning, what's what are we, what topic are we going to address today?
1: Well, we're going to address the topic of liquidity, and I. I kind of affectionately called this a podcast "For the Love of Liquidity." I've been wanting to do this one for a long time. It seems to kind of fall to the bottom of the priority list, but I thought, no, let's get let's talk about the love of liquidity.
0: What is what is that? What do you mean by liquidity? Is that like are you thirsty or?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you asked because I think before we talk about anything, it is certainly helpful to define it. And I find that there can be all kinds of um, interpretations and meanings uh, of the word liquidity to different people. So I'm not going to say here is the absolute definition of liquidity, but I do want to define what I'm talking about when I talk about liquidity and um, in, in regard to finances. So, sure. In regard to finances, when someone says, well, I want liquidity or I want to make sure I have a certain amount of money liquid or if an advisor asks you how much money do you have liquid, In my opinion, uh, the definition of liquidity means that I can access that money without any significant delay at no potential cost, fee, or loss.
0: Ah, that's important. Liquidity with our finances, uh, that sounds like it's an important thing to understand. So you're not talking about something melting. No, I was thinking ice, ice cream, a popsicle, but you know, I immediately go to food. Damn it!
1: Okay, obviously. I see.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, financial liquidity—that uh, sounds like uh, an important thing to understand. But is liquidity a good thing? Do we want to always be able to access our money uh, without any uh, penalties or at any time?
1: Well, so there is the question, right? Because we live, I seem to observe in a culture where we like to keep our options open, right? Um, Commitment um, seems to carry with it a a negative connotation a lot of the time. So we don't like to commit our schedule. uh, And particularly, I find it interesting with retirees, you know, who have been scheduled and on schedules for decades and decades and they retire and you like I'll say to my mom and dad hey do you want to do you want to meet every Wednesday for lunch well my parents are hesitant to commit (laughs) to every Wednesday for lunch because they just you know they're retired now kind of want to keep their options open yeah, right That's
0: too restrictive
1: it's too restrictive they want to keep those options open that feels good we know people don't want to get married right um we uh, we want to to live with a partner and sort of keep our options open um there's a lot of things that we struggle with committing to and as soon as we start to feel like someone's pressing us into a commitment, or pressing us into an agreement there's something as particularly about us good old US America people we want to keep our options open and so the question you know goes back to where you said well isn't having options and having liquidity or available you know fast access to my money without any cost or fees or penalty isn't that a good thing well yes it is a good thing for some of your money but there is a cost to liquidity and most of the time I don't think people have given considerable cost to the liquidity and they haven't actually even looked at their, there's things that people think are liquid and things that they think are not liquid and when you examine that um, it's not as accurate as most people are thinking. Right.
0: People, people probably think, oh, liquid is, I'll just put my money in a bank account and that's really liquid. Uh, but the problem is, is, you know, you're probably losing, there's opportunity loss there.
1: Well, see, and this is, yes. And this is what I want to get a little more into detail on, but I think first of all, we want to define what liquidity is, make sure in when I'm talking about it, I'm meaning, you can get to the money in a relatively short period of time at no cost or fee or penalty. Now, someone else might have a different definition. Other advisors might have a different definition, but this is what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I think that's okay. a pretty fair definition of uh, you know, liquidity with your finances. But so how much, how much liquidity? You said it depends and we probably shouldn't have everything liquid. Uh, how much liquidity should I have?
1: Well, you should have enough liquidity to meet what your potential unexpected needs could be. And now that sounds very, um, that, felt, broad, that sounds big. very broad and, and yeah. undefinable, sure. but you know, within reason, okay. Uh, what, Let's say that I need to make my house payment for a year. I could have some unexpected medical cost. What might those average? um, What might I need to have on hand for a car repair or a roof repair or to help a family member? I mean, you do have to sort of go into this gray area and do your best to come up with what that number is for you. And that number is different obviously for every person or couple, but it is important to have enough money liquid. And I mean, while we're working, we're accustomed to hearing, oh, you should have six months of your you know, cash flow in the bank or a year or whoever you happen to read because you could lose your job. When we retire, it's not about losing our job anymore, but it is about having enough money that is still easily accessible for things that can come up. And um, so I will see, uh, Tony, people fall into both uh, ditches on this. Number one, maybe they don't have enough money liquid. Uh, They haven't really given thought to it. Or on the other ditch, they've got way too much money liquid. And uh, one of the things I want us to talk about is why is that? Or I see them thinking they have more money liquid than they actually do, right? a
0: lot of people have misconceptions about Uh, whether money is liquid or not. So, and I know we're going to get into that and define what is liquid and what is not that you might have uh, in your, you know, in in our uh, quiver, which arrows uh, financially, which of our assets are liquid and which aren't. Um, So obviously we need to talk about how much liquidity a person should have. I imagine everybody's situation is different, but like you mentioned, uh, money to cover our expenses and an emergency fund. I would assume all that money, our monthly income and our emergency fund, that should all be liquid, right?
1: I think so, yes. And I for my clients, really, really general big rule of thumb, um, my clients typically are in the two to, I would say, eight million net worth. And I like to see them have about one to 200,000 that is usually on hand, you know, these are people who often have a house paid for, they have their health insurance, you know, they've got their pet. So usually somewhere in the neighborhood of one to 200,000. In fact, I've had people say, why would I need that much? Well, uh, there are just things, right? There are just unexpected things. But, uh, But I would say that very generally speaking, that is, that's an idea for our people to listen to that maybe one to $200,000. Now, again, everyone's certainly unique and has their own situation.
0: Yeah. And everybody's, yeah, everybody's situation is different. And maybe if you have less money than that, your amount might be 25,000 or your amount might be uh 1 million. I mean, it could, it could vary across that board. Uh, But that's why you work with a financial advisor and planner like yourself to look at where you're at and say, oh, for you, you know, and your expenses and where you're at, you need to consider, you know, uh, you know, upkeep to your house or car, you know, car issues and things like that, emergencies. So uh, what's the downside to liquidity?
1: So the downside to liquidity is there's always a cost to it. And... That sounds like a pretty broad statement, but there is... But I thought you said
0: liquidity (laughs) is money you had that didn't have a cost attached to
1: it. There's the cost of liquidity. Ah, I see. Liquidity doesn't... Money that's liquid has no cost to accessing it Ah. um, in a timely manner. But money that is kept liquid has a cost for remaining in a liquid position in many cases. So if I,
0: that money under my mattress, I'm actually, it is actually depleting and costing me money to keep it there because it's not keeping up with inflation and it's not earning any interest.
1: Exactly. Which is, is an interesting illustration. When my grandpa died, there was a hall closet in their little house that he had forbidden my grandma for, I don't know how many decades to open. And so when my grandpa died, my grandma and my father for the very first time opened that closet and in a very dusty carpet bag in that closet was $400,000 cash. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Imagine if he had had it in the market that whole time. or yeah, invested. Yes.
1: And my dad was just my dad was afraid to sleep in the house overnight. You know, he's going, what if this thing burns down, you know? And carrying that carpet bag to the bank the next day with my grandma. But but, you know, the idea that money that sits in a fully liquid position has some opportunity cost to doing that, meaning it is not earning anything. Right. So. Right. You can consider anywhere that that money could be placed um such as a CD or a bond or a stock or a mutual fund, or an annuity or real estate index <laughs> annuity. Yeah. yeah, or or real estate or even a savings account will often yeah. have some sort of an interest rate,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Even 1% would help you at least try to c- come close to keeping up with inflation or 2%.
1: Exactly. So people need to understand that like every single thing in life everything has its trade-offs, right? So we do want to have the liquidity, I mean in it. And when we say want, I'm meaning if you're just looking at um you know best best practices financial planning, um we're going to say we want to make sure that you understand what liquidity is, that you have the appropriate amount of money liquid for yourself, but then don't be so in love with the concept of liquidity and keeping your options open that you are unaware of the cost of that liquidity, because there is cost to keeping money liquid.
0: So there, yeah, so there is a cost, that opportunity, loss, and then inflation, of course, uh, that's going to, you know, your money is going to be worth less uh, in two years than it is when you tuck it in that closet.
1: Right. Yes. (laughs) Now, now the truth is though, Tony, if we're being totally candid here or, you know, um, you could put your money in a place with opportunity and it could be worth less in two years also. Oh yes, that's true.
0: We need to point (laughs) that out. I'm glad you pointed that out. I uh, before I get too excited about opportunity <laughs> loss, there's that's a right. cost to growth. Uh, if you put it in, you know, where it could really grow, like the stock market, there's lots of risk. I exactly.
1: Mean, yeah. This, you could this lose is where more than, you
0: this, could lose more than the 2%. That's for sure. Yeah. And this uh, is where
1: this gets so complex, right? Yeah. And we can all bow down out of fear and confusion, we can all sort of bow down at the altar of the love of liquidity and just say, I'm just going to keep this liquid because if I don't, um, I I could actually be in a worse position. Uh, be- right. Um,
0: so, But, <laughs> but you know, you don't want that opportunity loss and you, you need to try to keep up with inflation. So uh, your solution or what you're suggesting is that people have a balance so, I think, I think what I'm coming away with is I need some money that is liquid. We can all agree on that, that you, you need to have some money that is liquid. So, uh, where can I put my money that's liquid? Let's go over those areas. I mean, you mentioned CDs earlier. Are right. CDs liquid?
1: No. In most cases, no, they're not. Oh. Be, because in generally speaking, and I've certainly seen over the last few years, you have a term of your CD. Maybe it's three months, six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it is. And if you decided to withdraw the money during that period of time, well, that money would not be subject because it's not invested in a investment position. It wouldn't be subject to potential market losses, but typically there is some sort of a fee or penalty for withdrawing money from a CD before its term is over. So again, if we go back to the uh, concept uh, or the definition of uh, liquid money being money that I can access in a relatively uh, quick fashion with no cost, fear, or penalty, a CD would not be technically a liquid place. Now the penalty might be small, but nonetheless there is a fee or cost to, to accessing that money early.
0: Right. There you go. Uh, so what about bonds? Uh, are bonds liquid? I know they, they're they considered a, a, a quote-unquote safer option or more conservative option, but are they really liquid?
1: No, uh, they're not liquid either because as we know, the the price or value of a bond can and does fluctuate according to interest rates and companies and other, other factors. And so If you need or want to withdraw the money from a bond position prior to again the maturity of that bond um, we have no guarantees and I think that the key here is a guarantee Uh, we have no guarantee that we'll be able to withdraw without a loss okay so again if you go back to the uh, definition I money that I know uh, with relative certainty we can't know anything absolutely in this world, but I know with relative certainty that I can access it quickly with no loss, fee, or penalty. So no, a bond would not be liquid either.
0: Sure. And it sounds like like it's not a simple yes or no, but there are levels of liquidity. It's not liquid, but it may be more liquid than some other option. So that's why we need a financial planner to sit down and, and look at all this with us. Uh, like yourself. Now, are, are stocks liquid? That's the big one, I think, because a lot of people have a lot of their retirement funds or their investments tied up in stocks. Like most people's 401ks and IRAs are attached to the stock market. Our, of course, that's a whole other uh, issue of whether a 401k is liquid. But but are stocks in general, if I just you know buy some Apple stock, is that liquid?
1: No. Again, we we just go back to, you know, the concept of do I have a relative certainty that I could withdraw my money from this position in a relatively quick time without any loss fee or penalty? And this is um, one that I find very interesting, Tony, because I see people all the time who of their own making or of some of the financial professionals they've spoken to consider their stock bond mutual fund portfolio liquid because they could sell it sell their positions any day. Well because you can liquidate and get your cash doesn't by my definition mean it's liquid because to me true liquidity doesn't just mean I can get to it. It means that I can get to it with relative certainty that I'm not going to lose any money uh, by an untimely liquidation or sale, and there won't be any fees or costs or penalties. So, so far, CDs, bonds, stocks, mutual funds, none of them really fall into that category. And in fact, you know, if you look at, just look at the broad-based S&P 500 from the year 2000 till now, And I won't even, I won't even throw a number out there. Just pull up a chart, you know, go on Google and pull up a chart and look at what that uh, S&P has done. Just look when it was down, when it was up, how many years would have been pulling money from that S&P index fund? How many years out of the last 18 would you have been taking a withdrawal without selling that uh, share or position at a loss?
0: Yeah. We've had days where the Dow or the markets have dropped, you know, uh, 750 points. And if you withdrew that particular day, it would have been down. Yeah, and it's all timing. I mean, from one day to the next, that can change. That as far can as stocks, change. Absolutely. Stocks and, the, and then of course, mutual funds, which are, are attached to stocks, right?
1: Exactly. They're all yeah. stock bond based, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I and the and the reason I find this so fascinating is because, and I don't want listeners here to take this wrong, but everyone puts down annuities because they're quotes not liquid.
0: Right, and that's the concern about a lot of people have about li, uh, annuities, and I think. Uh, with annuities, some some are 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 more liquid than others, though, right? I mean, annuities are misunderstood. So, are do you consider annuities to be liquid?
1: Oh, so there's the sixty-four million dollar question. So, <laughs> yeah, there are. First of all, we have to acknowledge that there are lots of different types of annuities, and in fact, I've done another podcast introducing people to the types of annuities yeah. that exist, right?
0: Yeah, we talked about that. Yes. Yep.
1: So let's let's narrow the field here because where all the you know all the action is is in the world of fixed indexed annuities. Yep. It seems That's to be That's the
0: popular retirement vehicle right now with a lot of baby boomers and people who are retiring.
1: Exactly. So, you know, I will have people who say to me at the beginning of our planning process, don't talk to us about fixed indexed annuities. We don't like them. We don't want to use them. We don't want to hear about them. We don't even want to talk about them. Hmm. And typically I will say to them, that's fine, but would you mind sharing why? Well, because we don't want to tie up our money, okay? Hmm. We, under, we just don't want to tie our money up. We, we've heard they have all these surrender fees and penalties, and we don't want to tie our money up. Now, this is always interesting to me. I have no need whatsoever to sell people an annuity but what I do have a need for is for people to understand accurately what they're making choices between among all the places they could put their money right let's talk about most fixed indexed annuities most fixed indexed annuities if you were to place a hundred thousand dollars in them uh, 12 months later, you would be able to withdraw each year 10% of, or the account value. Right. So, you know, about so not
0: all the money is liquid in not, there, but there is some that is.
1: There is some that is. And it is truly a withdrawal without experiencing any potential selling in a down market, without any fee, fee or penalty. I mean, it is liquid money that is available for you to withdraw in a very timely manner, usually in five business days. That, in my opinion, really does meet the criteria of liquidity.
0: Yes, it is liquid, but I do want to remind our listeners that withdrawals can impact income stream amounts and the death benefit, and may be subject to taxes and a 10% federal penalty if taken prior to 59 and a half years of age. But let's get to the fees. When you say fees, though, uh, there are annuities out there, including some fixed index annuities that do have fees with riders and things. But to withdraw that 10%, the majority, Let's let's clarify that the majority of contracts and the annuities that you would, if you ever did recommend one to a client, you would recommend one that has little to no fees and which ones allow that access to the money without a penalty, like that 10% from the example above.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and you're right to clarify that because there are always others that, you know, are out, their contracts are a little bit different. But in general... Yeah, it's like
0: anything with a lawyer writing up a contract. Exactly. Each company, each company can have a different contract. And that's the beauty, though, of working with an independent professional like yourself, financial advisor, and a fiduciary who's going to be looking out for your client's best interest, you're going to uh, look at all the different companies and look at what they offer and which ones have uh, little to no fees and which ones allow that access to the money uh, without a penalty, that 10%.
1: Exactly. So I, I feel and believe that money in annuities, the right type of annuities with the right liquidity um, characteristics can in effect be actually more liquid than a stock bond mutual fund portfolio. Because I don't know any stock bond mutual fund portfolio where I can pretty much count that every 12 months I could access 10% of my account without selling at a loss or incurring any fee or penalty. It's also possible that I'm taking money out of a, a stock bond mutual fund portfolio that's in a gaining position, right? Yep. Yep. But the point here is that it's an unknown.
0: And yeah, if, there's more risk. There's, there's more risk in the market, obviously, because you can, if, if the stock market completely crashed, you could lose of your money in one day. And like you said, we're talking about fixed index annuities. We're not talking about variable annuities or other types of annuities. No. Because there are some annuities out there which uh, do uh, incur the same losses or similar to the stock market.
1: Yeah, and so here is this, I think this is probably one of the main takeaways I want people to consider when they listen to this podcast. When you are creating an asset allocation plan and you're looking among all of the various asset classes that you could use to uh, place money into, and you're trying to decide what is in your best interest and what is a good balance for you, and liquidity always comes into play, and I see people categorically throw out annuities because they believe them to be illiquid. And keep a portfolio that might not be the best design for them that is too much investment and risk because they're living under an illusion that somehow this is liquid. And i am I'm frequently saying to people, listen, if if it's a liquidity issue, make sure you understand that CDs have cost to pulling out early. Now, granted, it might be smaller and it might be a shorter time frame, but nonetheless, CDs also have opportunity cost that they're receiving a fairly low return, which means, so let's say you have a CD and you make 1% or today, well, let's say 1, because that's probably more likely where we're back headed. And let's say you could be in a fixed indexed annuity that had a fixed account that guaranteed you 1.5%. Then every single year that you choose to be in the CD, you're paying, in effect, um, a half a percent of opportunity cost to keep the shorter, like 12 month or two year liquidity term, right? Sure. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, I'm just saying people need to realize that that yeah, th- you
0: have to look at all aspects. That and, th-
1: exactly, there yeah, is, a and you're
0: li- not saying money in new annuity or a fixed index annuity is a hundred percent. No, no, you're, no, no. You're saying a portion of that money is liquid. The ten percent that you can withdraw mm-hmm. uh, with the majority of the fixed index annuity contracts out there. And again, not even all fixed annuity contracts are equal. That's why you have to. It's so critical. To not make a decision or, you know, get a second opinion. Look at who you're talking to. Are they working for one particular company and just trying to uh, sell you or get you to invest in that particular company's product? Uh, if so, uh, they're not looking at everything. They're not looking at all the options. And I think it's important to work with an independent advisor like yourself. Uh, and it just this just shows why that the advantages to that.
1: Yeah. And I want to kind of make one more point for our listeners to consider, um, because liquidity most often comes up in the discussion of annuities. That's usually where it comes up. Um, in, in my experience anyway, I am not saying, I'm not trying to make a case that says an annuity is this liquid place, um, Throw out everything you've heard about the fact that you have a commitment and surrender fees. That is not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to do for the listener is to say, do not categorically discard an annuity and the exploration of it because you have heard things like it's not liquid and you have these, you know, surrender fees and penalties. Because what people need to understand is that every place that you put money, just almost, you know, and that's a very, someone could argue the word every, but at the end of the day, there's almost no place I can think of that doesn't either have a liquidity cost or a fee or a potential selling at a loss. I mean, there is liquidity concerns and characteristics of every place i know that you can put money so you you need to keep all these things on the table you need to be talking to someone who is not saying to you oh annuities you don't want an annuity you're going to tie up your money it's not liquid big surrender fees you need to be all in this stock bond mutual fund portfolio because that's liquid you see if someone says that to me i'm going to say either this person hasn't really given this enough consideration Or I might want to check out how this person actually makes their living, right? Yeah. Because if if you're talking with someone who is more integrative and looks at all these asset classes and says, listen, um, let's look at the pros and cons. Let's look at the liquidity cost, opportunity cost. Because with
0: everything we've mentioned, there are pros and there are cons. And before you do any of them, before you put money in a CD a bond, a stock, a mutual fund, or a fixed index annuity, there are lists of pros and cons to each. Yes. And so, or real estate, anything you can put your money in there are pros and cons to each. That I think the only way, and from what I've gathered here, and I think to to kind of cap it off, uh, Tammy, and you can tell me what you think of this, I think the only place you can actually put, if you have $100,000 and you want to say, nope, I only want to put this somewhere where I have always have access to my principal to all one hundred thousand dollars at any time I want it'll always be there and I can access it instantly without uh, without paying a, a fee well the only place that you can protect your print have your principal and access it at any time is the old in the closet like your grandfather <laughs> or under the mattress but as you pointed out even though your principal is always going to be sitting in that closet, if there's a fire, it's not. So there is that risk. Yeah. But I, I guess there is still some risk there. But the, the thing you have to look at is is the the opportunity loss in inflation. You're you're just that money is not keeping up with inflation. So you it might have been worth a hundred thousand dollars when you put it in there, but four years from now, that same hundred thousand dollars is not going to be able to buy or pay for what you need. So uh there is a price to that liquidity too.
1: Yeah, you summarized it very, very well, Tony. There is a cost to the money in your closet, and and we should clarify and say there's a potential cost, right? Because right. you could have put the money in an investment or savings position, and maybe it did not earn anything. Also, but right. in most cases, money that is would be kept in the closet would certainly have a lower value than money had that had been pa- placed somewhere where it had some opportunity. Um, you know, for any given period of time. And again, you know, I just want to go back to say the reason I wanted to do this is because I see people so often not keeping uh, good options on the table because they've sort of accepted cliches. And I wanted, I want people to think bigger. And broader and I want them to realize that no matter what we choose there like you said there's pros and cons to everything and there are some very unique advantages to including an annuity in your uh, financial plan that work really well for some people and I, I see people that if they would put a portion of their money into an annuity it would benefit them in multiple ways sure. that, that outweigh the commitment but because they have been sort of, uh, you know, hammered with the belief that tying up their money where they could have surrender fees or penalties is just an anthem, then they make other choices. And I just want people to think about liquidity and understand that it is it is virtually always no matter where your money is, there are liquidity considerations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's a good place to end our discussion. It was a great discussion, very enlightening and gets you thinking. And a lot of people just don't think about these things. And it's so critical when it comes to your retirement money, your savings, your investments. And Tammy, great, great show today. Is there? Why don't you let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you and get a second opinion. Look at where they're at, see how much risk and how much liquidity uh, they actually do have
1: well you can go to wealthfinancialgroupwest.com that's wealth as in wealthy Financialgroupwest.com. you can go to tammys2cents.com so that's t-a-m-i not t-a-m-m-y tammys2cents.com you can call our office uh 714-617-4394 uh or you could you can probably just email me at uh, tammy@wfgwestinc.com there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us and um I would be delighted to hear from any listener or also to hear any thoughts or questions that that might have uh, come up while they were listening to this
0: all right and that does it for this episode of Tammy's two cents with our host Tammy Simpson
1: I'm Tammy Simpson, and you've been listening to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself and your family is financial planning, taking time to intentionally and purposefully create a plan for your money. I hope these podcasts inspire you to do just that get more information at Tammy's two cents.com. If you haven't yet go to iTunes, Google Play or Spotify and subscribe to this podcast. Join me next week for another Tammy's two cents podcast. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Tammy Simpson offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Wealth Financial Group West Egg is not a registered investment advisor and is not an affiliate of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through Tammy Simpson, Independent Agent. Wealth Financial Group West Inc., Tammy Simpson, and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation